Hey everyone, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining us once again on Solutions with Anna Donahue, Monday editions. We have switched to Monday. We've gotten great feedback from you all that it kind of didn't matter what day. Most of our shows, it seems, are viewed after. And hey, we'll take it. I'll take it. I just want you to be, to be able to view, but we're sticking with Monday. But I love this teaching. I think you're going to love it. I just did it recently in a conference, and we're calling it Defeating Your Giant, or Giants, up to you. <laughs> you might have more than one, parts one and two. But look, I'm coming out of the life of David. I have loved the life of David. I've studied the life of David and the life of Joseph. And actually, all those patriarchs, they just minister life to me. And we'll be coming out of Psalm 18 in the first show. And then show number two, I'm really going to give you these three bullets of what David did, what we're to do to defeat a giant or our giants. But I, I, I divided this into three segments. And of course, I can't take the time uh, on the solutions program to give you all this. But I can certainly paraphrase it. And I want to show you Psalm 18. If you ever get a chance in your private time, your quiet devotional time, read it. It's David towards the end of his life, or at least an older man by now. And you'll hear him say how God delivered him from all, all his enemies. I think that's so powerful. So if you're in the middle of something right now, you better be encouraged because God, now we're New Testament. He defeated every enemy at the cross. And as you've been learning, you've got to know that, own that, walk in that, even though sometimes you feel like the enemies are still beating you up. That will go as the stronger you become. But David has learned a thing or two now. So I'm going to open up with Psalm 18 and give you some adjectives that David uses to describe God. Part two, which I'm real big on, I want to go into a little bit of what the scriptures give us insight into the character of David. Why might David have been able to say, by my God, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall? By God, I can do that. Why? What was in it with David? Was it just that God ipso facto and said, boom, I'm going I'm to lift you over the wall? No. It wasn't a Joshua situation where Joshua had to believe God and the walls fell. By God, David literally, literally scaled, leaped over that wall. I looked up the wall, and, and it's an interesting thing. If you ever want to Google it, those walls were huge. And then he says, but by God also, I can run through a troop. The enemy hordes would come at him, and God supernaturally helped him run through it. And one more thing from my Bible, my Bible folk out there, David's type of Christ. And you remember when Jesus, the crowds, he walked right through? I thought that was so neat to think of that. But in part two, we'll go through the character of David and then all that to show part three, why these three steps, I believe, occurred in his life. And he was able to take Goliath down, uh, equivalent to scale a wall, equivalent to run through a troop. Amen. So we're going to put the scriptures on the screen and we'll start with Psalm 18. Look what David says about God. I will love you, O Lord, we're in verse 1, my strength. Strength, the one who empowered him to survive against and defeat the enemies. In your quiet time, you could close your eyes and you could say, God, you are my strength. 
You're the one who has helped me defeat these enemies. Number two, he says, you are my rock. A rock indicates a place of shelter, safety, a secure standing, standing on the rock of Christ. Amen. He says, God, I will praise you. You are my fortress, fortress, a fort, a place of strength and safety. Let's remember what's happening. He's praising God. He's toward the end of all these battles. If you study out the life of David, he he was a warrior. He lived by defeating those enemies, the enemies of Israel. Number four, he says, God, you are my deliverer. You're the one who made a way of escape for me. It would be fascinating, I think, to picture as he's scaling a wall. These are ways of escape. David, how'd you scale that huge wall when the enemy's coming after you, God? That's what he's saying. He says, God, you're my strength. Now watch this. He repeats it. Now watch the definition of Adam Clark saying he uses a different Hebrew word than the first time we see the word strength. Here he says, this is meaning, God, you're the origin of it. You're not just my strength. You're the whole origin of it all. You're the fountain. You're my source. When I got to be strong, I say, God, I need strength. And you're the origin. You're in there. You're giving it. You're my shield. You'll see all this in Psalm 18, verse 1. You defend my head and my heart. In the fall, we're going to do the armor of God because it's so important to know that you have a helmet called salvation where that sh- and a shield, right, that's protecting you. He's calling God his shield, protecting his head. Those thoughts, those unruly thoughts, sometimes you gotta, you've got a head of protection named God and the word of God, and he protects his heart. He calls him his horn. Again, strength and defense. And then he says, you are my stronghold. That means you are my high tower of refuge where he could see an enemy from a great distance and be protected from the adversary. I meditated on that. I thought that is the neatest thing to know that as you're walking with God through life, he can give you warnings. He's your strong, your your high tower of refuge that you can look over and say, oh, if I go down that path, I I better not go down that path because the Holy Spirit's warning you ahead of time. This is David, and he's just exclaiming, God, you are all those things to me. You keep reading, you'll see how, how dire it really got. He says, the death, the death compassed me, compassed me, surrounded me, the sorrows of death. The word sorrows there in Hebrew means territory or boundary. My boundaries, you've seen the popular word boundaries, you know, we're supposed to have boundaries. David says, my boundaries was death. I looked around and they were after me to kill me, but God was his stay. You'll see it, keep reading, it's so phenomenal. He says, God is the one who gave him strength to defeat his enemies. He then goes into verse 28 and 29, which I will read. Those will go on the screen. I love this. He says, for by you, I'll light my candle. The Lord, my God, will enlighten my darkness. See, I love this. Sometimes battles, giants make life kind of dark. If you're in a dark season, start coming out of your mouth. Lord, you will enlighten this darkness. You will be the light of my life. And then he says, for by thee, I have run through a troop and by my God, I've leaped over a wall. I imagine there were many dark times when he fled for 20 years, hiding out in caves. 
I bet it got dark. And what does he say? You, God, you're lightening my darkness. Boy, is that a word for someone right now. You feel like you've been in a pit or a cave and it's dark and you can't see? Bring him in. Bring God in. And you just literally say, God, lighten my darkness. Lighten my darkness. That's so powerful. He then closes out Psalm 18 and he says, not only for me, he says, but for the seed coming after me. This is huge. I'll read it in verse 50. Great deliverance giveth he to his king and shows mercy to his anointed. Watch to David and his seed forever. David's all about it. He says, you know what, God? You've not only delivered me and given me victory over all my enemies, all my giants, but now you're doing it for the seed coming after me. And isn't that critical, brothers and sisters, as we're walking in, I was going to say fighting in these in these battles, you know, there's seed coming after you. You know, someone's watching you. You know, you have a relative somewhere. You know, you have a classmate. You know, you have a bandmate. You know, someone somewhere needing what you've been given by God. That's seed coming after you. God delivered David. David says, and now my seed can be delivered. This is powerful. I want to pause because that I could just stop the show right there I, because you need to ponder stuff like that. So if you need to press your pause button, pause, say la, as David would say, pause, think about it. But for time purposes, I'm going to go into part two, not, not part two of the show, but the second aspect of how David might've been able to defeat the giant, climb the wall, run through a troop. And that is his character. And I think just, I don't know, I just love stuff like this. I read many commentaries. It says, David was summoned from the distant field. Though he was young, he had a deep spiritual life and an intense devotion to God. Uh Uh-oh, I'm starting to give you clues as to why he might have been able to run through a troop and leap over a wall. Even as a young lad, passionate about God. How do we know? Well, let's look at this in, in 1 Samuel 16, 11. Samuel, the prophet, says, hey, Jesse, are all your sons here? And he says, well, there remains one, the youngest, but he's out keeping the sheep. Hmm. Samuel says, go get him. I thought that was neat. It, it, what came up out of, my, my, out of my heart during the conference was, go ahead, Samuel. Thank God for prophets and men and women of God who would not just settle. Something, something in him said, no, all these, all these guys are great. All your sons are great, but there's, it's not the right one. And he wouldn't settle. And Jesse, the dad says, well, I'll go get him. He's a, he's young. This is the first sight we're given in, of David and God's word, presenting him as one who has a heart, a shepherd's care with a skillful hand. Psalm verse 78, 70 through 72. Well, where is he? He's, he's out with sheep. He's watching the sheep. Oh, so he's not dressed in this great array or whatever, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm giving you a little insight into this guy's heart, David's heart. So I quote another quote on that by B.W. Newton. We again find the hope of Israel concealed in the unknown shepherd of a humble flock. Looks like Christ, huh? Concealed in the unknown shepherd of a flock. 
Uh, another incident, and I'll start bringing this to a close. I'm just trying to give you a little insight into the character. You know the story in 1 Samuel chapter 17. He comes on the scene. I'll explain it more in show two. And he's incensed that the children of Israel are, you know, afraid of Goliath. And Saul says, who am I going to get to fight Goliath? David says, I'll do it. He says, you can't do it. And he says, hey. He says, I, I was on the backside. I faced my one little sheepy lamb, faced a lion and a bear, and I went and got him. Here's what this one author says, going into the character again of David, and then we'll pray. The loss of one poor lamb was the occasion of David's daring. How many a shepherd would have considered that a thing far too trifling to warrant the endangering of his own life? No, it was the love of that lamb and faithfulness to his charge that moved him to act. Some character traits of David that perhaps enabled him for that posture of running through a troop, leaping over a wall. How could this young guy be so bold and say, by my God, I, you know, I will do this. And I once saw a lion and a bear. He'd been on the backside having an intimate relationship with God. He just could not imagine as he came on the scene that all these children of Israel are scared because he's on the backside playing his instrument, playing his harp or whatever he did, getting to know God. You'll see in the next show, one of the first out of the three things to defeating your giant, you get to know God. I know that I know your tendency is going to want to be step one, step two, step three, check off, check off, check off. When step one is you got to get to know God. And there's no shortcut. And there's nothing I can do to make it go faster. God will require that you know him. The giants, this is just coming to me. In your journey, uh, not putting any fear anywhere, but they're called giants for a reason. They are defeated at the cross. I will get to that. The battle is the Lord's. I'm going to get to all that show too. But if you've ever been through any kind of Christian uh, walking it out, Sometimes those things are, they're a little brutal, right? It takes time to really realize, whoa, the battle's the Lord's and I've been spending time with God and I'm getting strong in him. But David, getting back to this, spent time with God. So he was incensed in a healthy way when he got to the scene of David and Goliath, the story, and said, why are you afraid? We have the living God with us. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to close that out right now. There's much more that shows his character, but I'm going to then go to show two, maybe bring that up a little bit and get to these three points of how to defeat your giant. It's good stuff. Father, I just pray for our viewing audience. I pray for the listening podcast audience. Father God, I don't know what they might be facing, but you do. Father, if it's huge, Goliath represents just giant size um, enemy. Father, can we be like David who knew God so intimately that we're incensed that a giant tried to stop us from fulfilling our destinies, from pursuing what you've called us to do. Father, David picked up one stone and he said, you will go down because he had his faith in his trust in God. 
May we do the same, Father. It takes time, but it's time invested that's worth it. We love you, God. Help my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, amen. Good stuff. It's rich. I'm about to come in and do show number two with these three things. But insight before we wrap, David's character spent time with God, gave him the needed strength that when Goliath came on the scene, he said, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. And you'll see in Psalm 18 why he gives all those great tributes, attributes to who God is, because that's what God did in his life. And that's what God wants to do in yours. Amen. So we love you today. Look, um, we're coming to a close of season three. I will really do that on the next show and thank everybody. But for now, look, still subscribe to us. You'll never miss a show. This is our last show in this location. And it's been three years and we're very thankful for everything. So subscribe. You will never miss us when we come back on the air with Solutions with Anna Donnie. In the meantime, also, though we're wrapping season three, I'm going to be on the radio. And even if you're not in the local area, it will be 89.1 FM at 335 every day. All the surrounding Southeast Louisiana picks that you up. You can there. listen around the world to life songs. And so we will still, you will still, I felt the Lord prompt me. So I hope you don't think this is arrogance or anything. I just feel the leading of God to continue getting my voice out of the good news. Amen. Some of you are used to even hearing a voice. Perhaps it might be mine. So I just said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're raising funds for that right now. Um, If you'd like to donate, go to anadoniministries.com, click the donate button. And we will certainly appreciate that. In the meantime, all right, thank you for joining us, me on Solutions with Anna Donahue. See you next time. Amen.